Uh, we're so glad that you're here, that you braved the elements and that you braved the time change and that you stayed home and didn't go to Disney World. So anyway, we're glad that you're here and we welcome you. We welcome also those who are watching us online, joining us online uh, on Facebook Live. We welcome you. We're glad that you're there. Uh, even though you're not here, we'd love to have you here. We're glad that you're there and glad that you're joining us. Let me, let me highlight three announcements that are really important to you guys. Uh, two of these I talked about last week. Uh, again, uh, if you want to be part of a community group doing life with other people at Crossroads, I want to encourage you today as you exit uh, the auditorium door to my right, to your left, uh, there's a table set up there. You can leave your personal information, uh, an email address, and a phone number, and somebody will contact you over the next couple of weeks. We may leave that up one more week for signups because people have been out of town the last two weeks. So again, make sure and do that either today or next week. Also, let me remind you that um, on the 27th, we do something called For Heaven's Sake here at Crossroad. It's an environment, Crossroads, it's an environment where we equip you as a parent or a grandparent to actually lead your child to Jesus Christ. Uh, we give you the tools, we give you the questions that they're going to ask, kind of the, help you with the answers and give you some biblical perspective to be able to speak to them when they ask about heaven and Jesus and faith. So again, that's on the 27th. It will happen at 9.30 and it will happen in the extreme room, which is just to my right out these doors all the way to the end of the hall on the left. So you'll want to be here at 9.30 on the 27th. That's two weeks from today. So again, also, let me say this. Uh, our cleaning crew, we had several people talk to me, ask me about it, uh, and uh, if you want to be a part of cleaning, let us know by letting us, by writing it on one of those cards or seeing me after the service so I can tell you exactly what's happening uh, so that you'll know exactly who's here and what the pro protocol is for getting in the building. That's Thursdays. I get here really early. Other people get here later, so we'll work you in where we can. And if you can't even do it every week, if you can do it every other week, help us. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, we'll take you however you can do it. So again, uh, let me know or write it on one of those cards where you write your prayer request and your personal information, and we'll get with you. So again, this past week was a little different. So I think we had some people show up on Thursday, and I wasn't here, and Amy wasn't here. It's because we did it Sunday after church because of spring break. So again, I, I apologize if you showed up and I was not here. Well, today is uh, the last week of our series, Follow the Yellow Brick Road. And over the last nine weeks, they've really been amazing. As together, we've been very intentional about looking into the book of Proverbs and the wisdom that's found there and that was left for us in the book of Proverbs. And the reason that we decided to start the year looking at wisdom is because when people start a new year, they're typically wanting to make an improvement in their life. So we said, what better way to start the year than by diving into the wisdom of Proverbs and seeing what Proverbs says about my life, because my life is like your life. Your life may be a little different in that you need uh, work in this area of your life, and I need work in this area. But the thing about it, Proverbs is that it, it has such a collection of wisdom that you and I can go there and we can find the wisdom that we need that will help us make the improvements that we desire to make in this new year. And, and again, it's the wisdom of Proverbs that just seems to address so many different areas where we need help. Now, I know that most of you probably were here last week or you listened or you joined us online. 
but there's always going to be a few that were not. So those that may have missed last week, whether they were here or whether they were online, uh, I need to bring you up to speed uh, on what we talked about last week. And when I kind of bring up the subject, some of you are going to say, well, I'm glad I wasn't here. But we took our time last week to talk about money. Uh, And again, I know people hate hearing about money in the church. And the reason why people hate hearing about money in the church is because they fear that the pastor or the church is going to try to get into their bank account. That's why they don't want you talking about money. So again, last week, I I want you to understand because we hit it from a different angle. We didn't talk so much last week about giving money. Last weekend, instead, what we did was we talked about managing our money. And we looked again at what Proverbs has to say and the wisdom contained therein as it relates to managing our money. And the reason we talked about managing money is because that's what the Bible talks about. I mean, strange, isn't it, that we'd be talking about something that the Bible talks about. But again, that's what we did. Because the reason we addressed managing money, listen listen to what I'm saying, because most of you don't know this. The Bible has more to say about managing your money than it does about you giving your money. The Bible says more about how you handle your money than it does about giving your money. And again, why, why would the Bible talk more about managing your money than giving your money? I'll tell you, managing your money allows you to do things with the very things that God has given you. You simply can't give away money that you don't have. So the Bible addresses how you handle your money. The Bible addresses how you manage your money. Because listen to what I'm saying again. You can't give what you don't have. But it was during our time together last week that I made a statement that I want to go back to. Uh, As we were talking about money, I made a statement that every one of us has a way that we personally look at money. You have, just like I have, a way that you personally view money. Everyone has adopted a a perspective on the way that you view money. And someone or some things in your life have influenced that perspective. The way that you view money has been influenced by some person in your life, or it's been influenced by some things that have happened to you. And one of the perspectives that I made last week about this whole idea of how you view your money is that most of us view our money, we get the way that we look at money from someone in our lives. And that someone is usually going to be your parents, good or bad. Right now, in this room, those listening, watching online, the view that you have as it relates to money has probably been influenced more or less by your parents more than anyone else. Because those are the people who were placed in your life to teach you. They taught you about money. Now listen to what I'm saying. Good or bad. It could be either way. But they were placed in your life to teach you. And again, when you talk about teaching you, you know, how to handle money, how to value money, and you think about the whole aspect of, of teaching, 
Teaching is really just the way that we pass on something that is valuable to us. Teaching is a way to pass on something that is of value, and most of us have adopted our view of money from what our parents taught us or the example that they were for us in the way that they handled money. Again, it could be good or it could be bad, but teaching is something that has been important to all of us. It's been important to all of us as we've gone through life. And, and really, when you look at the book of Proverbs, that's what the writer of Proverbs is doing. The writer of Proverbs is teaching us. I mean, have you noticed that about the book of Proverbs? We read through the book of Proverbs together during the month of January. Because as you read through this amazing book, it, it honestly reads like a parent is teaching a child. And it's very evident that you and I are being taught this, this book of wisdom and the wisdom that's in this book so that we can uh, take the wisdom that's in Proverbs and that we can pull it out and we can use it and we can apply it to our lives. The, the, the book of Proverbs is, is really, when you think about it, it's, it's one of the easiest books of the Bible to read. And the reason I think it's so easy to read is because it's really what we all want. The book of Proverbs is really what all of us want. It's about making our lives better by taking the wisdom that was recorded there by the smartest, richest man that has ever lived or, or will ever live. And we take that wisdom and we apply that wisdom to our lives. Again, the writer of Proverbs is teaching us. And he's teaching us like a father teaches a son. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to have to kind of go backwards because as, as I was reading the book of Proverbs in the month of January, I came across something in, in one of the very early chapters of Proverbs that, that, I, that I found, again, to be very interesting. And, and I really didn't think it would be fair for me to close out this series without taking the time and going back and actually covering this subject. And I'll tell you this morning, I just want to be honest with you, I could have covered this much earlier in the series, but it seemed just natural for me to go back and close out this series where we're going to be today. And, and although our subject today is mentioned in, in lots of verses throughout the book of Proverbs, I'm going to make this simple for you today. Uh, we're going to look at just one verse. But I'll say this, before we look at that one verse, before we hit the ground running, I need uh, a moment of confession uh, in front of you guys here in the auditorium and those watching online, because you guys hear me say it all the time, I'm pretty transparent, I'm pretty authentic, I'm kind of, this is what you see, this is what you get, I don't hold anything back, I don't want there to be any secrets. And I just want to be honest with you this morning and tell you that before we had all these supply chain issues, you know what I'm talking about, you can't get this, you go to this, you can't get that, I mean, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but over the last month, we have two 25-ton units that cool and heat this building. We've only had one working because the other one broke down and we can't get the parts. 
So we're luckily, hopefully going to get those in this week. But that's just what I'm talking about when I talk about supply chain. You know what I'm talking about in your business, at your home. You can't get this, you can't get that. Well, that's what we've been experiencing. And again, before all that started, I just want to go ahead and admit to you that I had become and can again very quickly an addict of fast food. I mean, just so, I mean, I, I, I think COVID actually made it worse, but the drive through Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I just love the drive through and, and, and again, I really got a, do, a, a kind, of, kind of addicted, uh, I started to say adopted to, but it's kind of the same thing. I kind of got addicted to the dollar menu. They've done away with all the dollar menu that, I, that I've been able to find, uh, you know, lately. I do know this, you can still get gas at Taco Bell for $1.39, okay? So anyway, uh, you'll get that later, okay? So anyway, uh, <laughs> But anyway, if you're looking for gas, you can get it cheap there. So anyway, uh, but, but I got addicted to the dollar menu. So for breakfast, I mean, you could get a Coke for a dollar. You could get a biscuit for a dollar. You could get this. for Everybody's kind of done away with I got addicted to the dollar menu. And so I kind of feel like I'm in AA. Hello, my name is Randy, and I'm an addict, okay? So that's where I was. And again, because of the supply chain issues, and the prices and being out of this, I said, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and eat breakfast. So I started not going to the fast food places, and I started staying home. And every morning, my habit is kind of this. I'll have a glass of water and a bowl of cereal. Glass of water, bowl of cereal. That's just kind of the way it is. And, you know, it's brand cereal. The older you get, the more brand you need. So anyway, I'm a brand man. So there you go. Hey, that'd make a good song. Rubber brand man, rubber brand man. So anyway, so anyway, there, I mean, and that's what I do. So here's, here's the thing that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, and I want you to hear this. I, I, I normally will drink bottled water. You'll see it down here on my, on my chair all the time. I carry bottled water with me all the time. But we have at the house glass glass i mean they're glasses they're like made of glass and you can see through them and they keep things really cold and i like lots of ice so the other day i was standing there with my cereal and i thought you know what i'm gonna have a glass of ice water and i got ice out of the refrigerator and i turned on the faucet and i poured the water into the glass and, and as I was sitting there uh, or st actually standing there eating my cereal and looking at the glass of water I started to see all of these things that were floating in my water. And I thought, finally, I got that order of sea monkeys that I ordered when I was in Boy Scouts, you know, and they're floating in my water. But, but, but again, some of you will get that too. There, that's an old thing when you're in the Boy Scouts magazine. They have these things you could buy. I ordered sea monkeys. I never got them. I thought, well, here they are. They're in the water. So anyway, but anyway, so here I am. I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I, I live in a new house. It's less than a year old or it's about a year old, I, I have a, a, a filtering system on my faucet. I have a filtering system with a backflow preventer on my house. I get my water from the city of Lebanon who filters the water before it comes to my house. And here I am looking at these things that are floating in my glass of water. Now think about that. Along the line that the water travels... There are numerous systems that are placed in that water line that are designed to filter the water so that when I turn on the water, I experience a crystal clear glass of water. But here's the thing. 
regardless of how many systems there are, it just seems that some of those particles are going to make their way through the filters and they're going to end up in your glass of water or in your ice machine and ultimately in your eyes. And when they do, those things are pretty evident like they were to me that morning. So here's the thing, regardless of how good the filter may be, regardless of how good the filtering system may be, there's always something that's going to penetrate the system. Now think about that. Because have you realized that that's what really defines your life? A filtering system is what defines your life. Let me clue you in on what I'm talking about. Do you remember when you were a kid and you would say something and you would get in trouble for it? See, you couldn't say shoot because it sounded too much like shh. And if you did say it, what would happen? In, in, in my household, my mother would wash your mouth out with soap. And some of you parents and grandparents need to be doing that again. When these kids say something they don't need to be saying, you need to wash their mouth. I, let me tell you, if you want to make sure somebody doesn't say something they're not supposed to, wash their mouth out with soap. I can guarantee you they won't do it. See, we all grew up with things that we knew we weren't supposed to do. Because if we did the things that we weren't supposed to do, then what was going to happen? We were going to have to suffer the consequences. So what did we do? We quickly adjusted our behavior. We modified our behavior because we knew that doing something we weren't supposed to do meant that we were going to have to deal with consequences that we did not want to have to deal with. Let, 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 me, let me run through some of the, through the filtering systems that you're experiencing in your life. We learn what we have to do to get through school. You learned what you had to say to get a date and to keep a date. You went in for a job interview and you learned exactly what you had to say. You learned what you have to say to get the job. You learned what you have to say to keep the job. We learn what to do and we learn what to say. We learn what to say and what not to say. And what happens is, whether you have realized it or not, you begin to put in place a system in your life. And not only do you put the system in place, you begin to work the system. you begin to use a system, a filtering system. A filtering system that we have placed in our life through which we filter our words and we filter our actions. Why do we filter our words and why do we filter our actions? Because, listen, it simply makes life work. I mean, think about it. It's a filtering system that caused some of you, once you got married, to say to a friend, she's just not the woman I married. Because when we dated, she was like this, and she did this, and she did that. When we dated, she did all the right things, she said all the right things, but now she's so different. Because there was a filtering system. A filtering system can be evident in a job. You interviewed for a job, and you took the job, 
because you simply thought that guy's going to be the greatest guy in the world to work for. But then after you took the job, you told a friend, you said, you know, when we're out in public, he talks this way or acts this way. But when we're behind closed doors, he's a totally different person. And even though we all have a system, a filtering system, there's no doubt that your filtering system, just like my filtering system, it's going to be exactly like that filtering system on my water line. Every now and then, something's going to penetrate. Listen, 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 listen. Something's going to penetrate your personal filtering system. And when that happens, when it penetrates our system, you have to realize it's simply because below the surface of your life, there's a deeper issue going on. Yeah, you can monitor your behavior. You can try to watch what you say. But see, there's something in your life that no one ever told you that you need to monitor. Because we've been focused on what we need to say. We've been focused on what we need to do. And we tend to neglect the very thing that the writer of Proverbs speaks about directly. And let me tell you this morning, when the writer of Proverbs speaks directly about this, he puts so much emphasis on it, and he does it by using very few words. And one of the things I noticed about what's really interesting to me is when you look at the progression of the wisdom that was written in Proverbs, we, we kind of move from seeing the, the, the value of wisdom and, and how you and I need to, to, to follow the path of wisdom and avoid the path of foolishness. But we move right into this emphasis. And it's really a warning that the writer of Proverbs gives us. And I think we're all going to see just how important this passage is. Because it speaks directly to those things that are going on below the surface. The passage that we're going to look at today is, is, is one that, I'm just going to be honest with you, it totally caught my attention several years ago. And, and ever since I have read this passage from the book of Proverbs, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. There isn't a day that goes by in my life that I don't think about this verse. On a daily basis, I'm confronted with this verse. And it all started years ago. When, when things didn't line up, with who I thought I was. I would say things that, that didn't seem to line up with who I thought I was. There, there was a decision that I would make that, that didn't seem to line up with, with who I thought I was. 
there, were, there would be things that I would do that, honestly, they just didn't seem to be me. And they forced me to look at this topic in a much deeper way than I ever had looked at this topic previously. We're focusing on one verse from the book of Proverbs. And it's found in Proverbs 4, verse 23. You're going to see it on the screen behind me, but if you have your Bible and you want to look at your translation or your Bible there and make notes, go ahead and do that. It's Proverbs 4, verse 23. And here's what the writer of Proverbs says. He says, above all else. And you think, well, why, why would you stop there, Andy? And why would you say that? Look, look at it, above all else. In other words, here's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. I'm going to give you lots of information. We're going to cover lots and lots of wisdom in this book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. But the writer is saying, even though we're going to cover lots of wisdom... If there's anything you need to hear, this is it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I'm going to leave that up there so you can see it for a few minutes. Above all else, guard your heart. Because everything you say and everything you do, it comes from your heart. And let me tell you this morning, this verse totally alarmed me. And let me tell you this, it still alarms me now. Do you understand why it would alarm me? It's because the things that I was saying and doing and the decisions I were making, those things that were penetrating my personal filtering system, those were things that were coming from my heart. Because I was loving, leading, parenting, conducting business, building relationships out of my heart and the things that were going on in my heart they weren't exactly the way that I needed them to be how do I know that how do you know that it's the little things that you say how do you know things aren't right in your heart it's the little things that you do and they seem to be so different from who I knew that I was. I would say things and do things that I'm like, wait, wait, that's not what a follower of Jesus would do. And so here's what I did. I started to search the scripture and I ran across a story with some religious leaders. Jesus is actually talking to some religious leaders. And in this conversation, he throws out this amazing thought. And, and really what he does is he kind of stuns these guys with what he says, and he drops the mic, and he leaves them there in amazement. And, and here's what he says. I want you to look. We find this story in actually in Matthew chapter 15, beginning at verse 17. And this is Jesus talking to some religious leaders. Look at what he says. He says this. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and out of the body? 
But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. Jesus is saying that the, 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 the mouth is like a stethoscope to the heart. You want to know what's in a person's heart? Listen. You want to know what's in a person's heart? Just listen to them. You want to know what's in their heart? Just listen to their mouth. It's like when you say something hurtful about somebody else, and then you're like, wait, wait, I don't know where that would, I don't even know why I would say that. I don't know where that would come from. You know what Jesus would say? Jesus would say, I know exactly where it would come from. Well, that's totally uncharacteristic of what I would normally say. And I would say, well, duh. It's totally uncharacteristic of what you would normally say. And the reason it's uncharacteristic of what you would normally say is because you are just like me and you have developed a personal filtering system. And the thing that you just said is something that penetrated your personal filtering system. Because listen to me this morning, every once in a while, your heart, listen, listen, your heart is going to pierce that personal system, that filtering system that you have in place. And when it does, it's just going to be evidence in your words or your actions or your deeds. It's just going to give us evidence of the actual things that are taking place in your heart. Because something going on below the surface is eventually going to make its way out. So you try to compensate. You try to double your efforts to keep that from happening again. But what Jesus is saying to these religious leaders, he's saying, look, just mark my words. The things that come out of your mouth, the things that come out of your mouth, those are the things that are hanging around in the dark place that you have learned not to monitor. You've never learned to monitor the dark place of your heart. I mean, maybe, maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching online and you're, you're in this lovey-dovey relationship. Everything is sunshine, roses. It's just wonderful. He does all the right things. She says all the right things. And then you're hanging out in Nashville, down at one of those trendy places in the Gulch, and you're just having the biggest time of your life. And all of a sudden, he or she says something, and you're like, wait, where did that come from? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly where it came from. It came from their heart. So you're dating them now, and here's the thing you have to remember. That heart is the very same heart that they're going to carry with them into a marriage. But when you get into the context of marriage, guess what? They don't need that filter to be so thick. 
when you get married, that filter is a lot thinner. Because the effort they put into monitoring the things that they said or the things that they did, it's never quite as intense as it was when the two of you were dating. Let me tell you this morning, if you're dating somebody, listen to me, everybody here, everybody watching, if you're dating somebody who has moments of extreme anger, action, or words that seem to come out of nowhere, those things are only going to increase once you get married. Am I right? It's only going to increase. And the reason they're going to increase is because they have never learned the skill of monitoring their heart. And Jesus is addressing this with these religious leaders. But Jesus wasn't finished. Because here, he's about to take it to a whole nother level. Look at verse 19. He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Wait, 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 Jesus, wait, wait. You're telling me out of my heart, what about my brain? Don't your thoughts, Jesus, don't they come from your brain? Jesus says, no, they come from your heart. When you have bad thoughts and say bad things, not because you have a brain problem. It's because you have a heart problem. Because here's the thing, for some of us, most of us in this room, we've learned to monitor our brain. But see, it's the heart that's causing the problem. And that's the point that Jesus is making. Jesus is making the point that this is totally an issue of the heart. Because one day your heart is going to pierce the filter and it's going to wreak havoc in your world in some area and in some way. It's just going to happen. Because, see, here's what I believe happens in a lot of our lives. Here, just, just, just kind of go with me on this. Track with me on this. I think what happens to a lot of us, we came here, we went to another church, we went to a revival, we went to an experience, and in some way, some shape, some fashion, I think a lot of people hear the gospel. They hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're overwhelmed by the goodness of this man called Jesus. And they look at what he says, and they look at what he's done, and, and they see his vision for a new life. And, and we find ourselves drawn naturally towards Jesus. Not just Jesus, but we find ourselves drawn towards Scripture. And, and, and again, we start growing, and we want to tell other people about Jesus. And, and we love to worship, and, and all through the process, you know, what happens is, as we start following Jesus, and we give our life to him, things in our lives start to change. We overcome addictions. We overcome the bad language. But as time goes on, over time, it seems like things don't continue to change at the rate they did initially. And over time, what I think happens with a lot of us is we look at our life and it's like, okay, we start to stall out. That change that we saw happening in our life, it just kind of stops and it stalls. 
And instead of our life looking like that amazing life that is painted in the New Testament, in the Scripture, I start looking at my life, and you know what? I, I, I still yell at people. I yell at my kids. I yell at my wife. I worry too much about money and COVID and, and this and that. I mean, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to get by? I'm jealous of people who have a better house or a better car or who are more attractive than I am. I look at myself and I use deception to get myself out of trouble. I'm judgmental. I pass judgment on people around me. I'm not experiencing what I was when I first came to Jesus, when I first came to Christ. And while this goes on for a while, and my life seems to have stalled out, and I don't see the change that I once did, I can read words from the Scripture like, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. But, but instead of being hopeful and feeling inspired by those words, you know what those words do? They make me feel discouraged and guilty or confused or maybe even just tired. Because I know that my life is supposed to be in Jesus, is so, supposed to be so much more. But what I feel is like I'm stuck in this gap. The, the, the gap that on one level, there are these promises that Jesus has made to me, and these promises are more compelling than anything I know. But then on the other hand, I'm stuck in the reality that my life seems to fall far short of the abundant life that Jesus is talking about. There just seems to be a gap between the promise and reality. And, and let me tell you what happens every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning all across this country, Churches are full of people like you and me who are trying to manage that gap. The gap between the promise of what Jesus promised us and the reality of the way our life really looks. And we're trying to manage the gap. So what do we do? We naturally try harder to be a better Christian. I'm going to buy more Christian books. I'm going to buy more Christian CDs. I'm going to download, download more Christian stuff. And what are you doing? You're, you're just really trying, you're sincerely trying to do it through sheer elbow grease. Read more books. Listen to more Christian stuff. Watch TVN. We just try to work harder and harder and harder, and we're doing that so that we can manage the gap. What is the gap? The difference between the promises of Jesus and the reality of our lives. That's one group. But then there's another group out here who's just trying to pretend. See, there's a group out here who are, are trying to manage that gap by, by faking it until they make it. 
They're, they're the ones who live their life, and everything in their life is a miracle a minute. Everything is a word from the Lord. Every sentence they say ends with praise the Lord. But on the inside, with that group of people, when everything is quiet, they're still trying to manage the gap. They're projecting one thing on the outside, when on the inside, things are very different. There's another group of people. They're trying to manage the gap between the promise and reality by constantly changing churches, constantly changing spiritual venues. They go from being a Baptist to a more charismatic experience to help close the gap. But then there are the charismatics who try to switch to a, a place that isn't so experience-oriented and is much deeper when it comes to theology. They're trying to manage the gap. You know, there's one final group. There's one final group of people who are trying to manage the gap, and this is the, gr the group of people who are just about to give up. It's too painful. They feel discouraged. They feel hopeless. See, the reality is that none of those options that I just painted for you, none of those options cut it. Because none of those options deal with the real problem. None of those will truly address what is happening below the surface of your life. Because your task, listen to me, Crossroads, is not to change yourself. It's not your task to change yourself. It's not your task to transform yourself. It's not up to you to strengthen the filtering system that you have put in place. You have one task. And your task as a follower of Jesus is to stay connected to him. From one moment to the next. How do I know that I have him in my life? How do I know that he's really with me? How do I not disconnect myself from him? L listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. Four simple words. I'm the way. I am the way. What's Jesus saying there in those four words? He's telling you this morning, there's a way of life in following him. Because when you follow me, Jesus says, I'm going to be the one who transform you. I'm going to transform you from the inside out. Because I want to work on the very thing that matters the most. I want to work on that place from where everything flows. That's what Jesus says. He says, I want to work on your heart. And the reason I want to work on your heart is because that's the place from which you are truly going to do life. That's what Jesus is saying. You're going to do everything from your heart. Because, see, here's the thing. We've been taught how to behave. 
You, just like me, have been taught what to say and what not to say and what to do and what not to do. But Jesus says that we need to take a look at our heart. And that's what Solomon is doing. Solomon is just reminding us in Proverbs 4, verse 23, that it all comes from the heart. And see, that may be your fight today. This may be the very fight that you came in here this morning fighting. You've been trying to watch what you say and watch what you, you do, and you've been trying to modify your behavior. In reality, you've been trying to strengthen your personal filtering system. And the truth this morning is this. You can try that all you want, but it's only going to happen once you let Jesus into your heart and you let him do his work, which is to begin to transform you from the inside out. Let me tell you this morning, allowing Jesus into your life to do what only he can do, that's the path we've been talking about. It's the path of wisdom. Because if you're truly searching for wisdom, it's going to be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? Jesus, we are so thankful that you gave your life for us. That you made a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And God, we can experience everything that life has to offer when we place our faith in you. And we allow you to do the work that only you can do. Maybe this morning you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching or listening online and you've never prayed that prayer. And you know, really, it's not really so much about the words that you say about the prayer that you pray. It's about acknowledging that there's a need in your life that can't be filled in any other way than having that need filled by Jesus. And maybe right where you are today, you just need to pray, God, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will do in my life everything that he said he will do. And in this day, on this day, in this moment, I accept him to be the leader of my life. Turning away from a life of sin, placing my faith in what was done on the cross, knowing that it was there that Jesus paid the price that I couldn't pay. And let me tell you this morning, if that's a prayer that you pray here or online, let us know that. We want to lead you in those next steps. That next step is baptism, which we'll be doing again here soon. God, for the rest of us, help us to understand and to grasp the importance of wisdom. The wisdom that we've been taught like a parent teaching a child from Proverbs. May we take it and apply it to our lives as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.